guys, you are listening to the FYI podcast where we talk about all things faith, life, and adulting. We actually take questions that you are asking and we talk about them on this podcast. I'm Josiah Keneally. And I'm Micah Keneally, and we are your hosts of the FYI podcast. So, Thank you for joining us. If you want to do more, you can rate, review, and subscribe, and just let us know how we're doing, or submit a question that you have, whether it's a follow-up question that you want more information on that we've already unpacked slightly, and you want it to go a little deeper, just let us know, and we'd be happy to do that. So that's how they can do that, right? Definitely, and if you find these conversations helpful in your faith, in your life, and in your adulting, please Mm -hmm. share them with a friend, Um, help us, share the message of hope and encouragement in the lives of young adults. That's right. So we have a question in today, Josiah. This can be a gray area for some. Maybe for some, it you were raised in a very black or white. There is no room for gray. Um, but we're just going to answer this question to the best of our ability. And the question that came in is, is alcohol okay? Josiah. What a great question. And more specifically, this individual is asking in the life of a Christ follower, Mm -hmm. for a Christian, what is the relationship with alcohol? Is it sin? Is it Mm -hmm. okay? And we are going to dive into this question, not unpacking Mike or I's thoughts, but really turning Mm -hmm. to scripture and what does the New Testament, what does scripture have to say about alcohol? (laughs) And especially, I'll add a layer to that dimension, and that is this. Jesus' first miracle at Mm -hmm. Cana was at a wedding, Mm -hmm. and what did he do? Turned water into wine. Yep. And there's some people, by the way, who will say things like this. Some people say, well, Jesus drank non-alcoholic wine. Or he turned, and, and you know what? God is a God of miracles, and so it's very possible, although I don't know that that's a plausible explanation um, to say the water that Jesus turned to wine was non-alcoholic. We just Mm -hmm. don't see biblical New Testament support for this, but I think that um, we're going to talk about all of these things Mm -hmm. from alcohol, social drinking, drunkenness, and so let's just do three visits into scripture right off the top, babe. Okay, well, first we're going to take a look at Proverbs. And Proverbs just simply says this. Wine is a mocker. Beer is a brawler. Whoever stumbles because of them is not wise. So, to me, that sounds like alcohol has the ability to create the inability to think clearly, make wise choices, uh, maybe not act the way we would normally act. We start to act foolish. We make foolish decisions. And... That just lays it up pretty well right there in that one sentence of what Proverbs unpacks straight to the point. The book of wisdom, and here you mm-hmm. have it, a wisdom issue, this conversation right here. The second stop in scripture that we're going to visit is Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 5. He says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And there what you really have is an emphasis on, of course, we want to mm-hmm. be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's part of following Jesus. We're filled to the fullness of the Mm -hmm. measure of the Holy Spirit upon salvation, upon following Jesus. There's an indwelling of the Holy Spirit inside of the the believer. The the key word there, though, from Paul in Ephesians, don't be drunk. 
So drunkenness, we talked about mm -hmm. wisdom issue. We talked about drunkenness. And yeah. then here's a really key one. Paul also said this, everything is permissible. Not everything is beneficial. Did you catch that? Everything is permissible. Not everything is beneficial. So I think you personally have to unpack the question. One, why are we asking this a question? Two, what is your definition of okay or the relationship that you've been exposed to with alcohol, whether it's from your family vantage point, whether it's your upbringing, maybe it's personal experience, unpacking and asking your personal self those questions, but then asking yourself, is this beneficial? Mm -hmm. Does anybody truly make wise choices? Is anybody truly um, doing things to the best of their ability when they're under the influence so those are some things but when it comes to what do you want to say those three conclusions more or less exactly just like, what are we going to land on from visiting scripture in its totality mm -hmm. we find three conclusions about alcohol and um, the first one is from what Micah was just quoting Paul mm -hmm. saying everything's permissible not everything is beneficial so the first conclusion today about alcohol with the life of the Christian is number one, can doesn't equal should. Just because I can, hey, it's permissible, doesn't mean it's beneficial. It doesn't mean I should do it. Right. So that's that's stop number one. That's the first conclusion. Oh, and this one's number two is permissible doesn't equal beneficial, right? Just like Josiah said, just because I'm 21 and I'm of a legal age, does that give me the right as a believer or the permission as a believer or non-believer mm -hmm. to find myself partaking in alcohol, the bar scene, which soon can become a lifestyle. So unpacking the beneficial rule, is that really going to bring life to your body or is it going to bring hurt? And I think that's something that many young adults who maybe come out on the other side and maybe have changed their views would say, hey, I made some choices that I wouldn't have normally made just because, yep. for whatever reason. <laughs> yep, and that third conclusion is this tension that we're really paying attention to on today's episode in this conversation, and that's the tension between sin and wisdom. Mm -hmm. Kind of the great question. Andy Stanley mm -hmm. calls it the best question ever. In light of my past circumstances, future hopes and dreams, in this current circumstance, what's the wise thing to do? So that's the question of wisdom. And then sin is, is another tension. You know, alcohol can certainly open up the door mm -hmm. to compromise. It right. can certainly open up the door to consequence. It can certainly open up the door to sin. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I'll just say this. We're covering a really challenging topic. It's controversial. This is a hot topic. That's not why we're addressing this. We're having the conversation because the conversation needs to be had. Right. We ask for your grace in advance because we're not trying to get more views or, or you know, have a hot, trendy take. You ask this question in sincerity, and I just believe that it owe, we owe it to you to, to take it um, mm -hmm. head on. And part of why this is so controversial for so many people is because if you think about it, everyone listening, including Micah, including mm -hmm. me, all of us have probably a firsthand account 
or a secondhand experience or story, witness of personally our lives being affected by alcohol. Maybe it was a drunk driver situation. Maybe it was a family member who was an alcoholic. Maybe it was like me visiting a college campus where my friend staying at his dorm, mm. watching his performance live, and my heart broke because at the University of North Dakota in 2012, I watched one girl in the dead winter of mm. North Dakota carry another friend who was inebriated in her underwear. They were leaving a party, heading back to the dorms, and my heart broke for this generation who's looking for mm. purpose, significance, friendship community and you're not going to find value at the end of a pill or a bottle you're just not and so that well we're going to come up dry and so that's a personal burden that i have Mm -hmm. a first-hand encounter experience but every listener has a personal story or Mm -hmm. a loved one or kind of that second hand of like yeah i saw this happen and i that shapes our worldview and our experience yeah what do you want me to say, Josiah? Oh, man. This is a heavy topic. And one thing that we just want to lean into is this is going to be something you're going to have to wrestle with for the rest of your young adult life going into your past adulting, extreme adulting, we'll call it. And so the decisions that you make now and the consequences or the benefits of making wise decisions now are definitely going to set you, your future spouse, your future family, your future job, your future singleness, whatever that is for you specifically, is going to set you up for some stage um, of heartache or success. So I mean, learning how to count the consequences, learning to understand the decisions that we make do have repercussions beyond that one time at Buffalo Wild Wings, beyond that weekend, beyond, you know, whatever that is, that season of life, quote unquote. And we can even just look at the law says that you need to be 21, right? 21 is the illegal, the legal drinking age here in the States. And just taking that into account that not a drop of alcohol under the age of 21 is allowed, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you even have the law who's taking into account adulting quote-unquote whether it be you're out of high school you're now in college you can start making adult decisions there's also studies done that your front frontal lobe or your ability to make decisions and rationalize things is not even fully developed until we're almost 30 now so even to make those that's a sober mind that's not even intoxicated mind or an influence of any form of alcohol that's Mm -hmm. just the ability for our mind to fully our brain to be fully developed yep And so when it comes to a college campus at a party, there's minors involved, there's repercussions of if you're going to provide some form of alcohol for a group of people and those people are not 21. These are all things that we've seen, that we've heard, that we've come across on TV, that there are consequences. And even though it looks bougie in the adult world, in the club world, in the get up and dress up for the night and go out a night on the town. There's always consequences of who you're going out with and who you're coming home with. And I would say who you go to the party with, if there's six girls of us, we're going out for supper, we're all gonna go home together. And maybe there's no alcohol involved. So even just surrounding yourself with the friends and the boundaries and you being an advocate for yourself and your personal belief, it's not to criticize other people's decision making, it is going to be simply, you need to make that choice for you and for the reason you need to stick and stand by, so. Yeah, and um, 
here's kind of three, it's almost like a scale, right? You have some people who the, the, the real question behind mm-hmm. the question is excess, drunkenness. The Bible is actually really clear on that. Mm-hmm. It couldn't be more black and white on drunkenness, right? Most people would agree on drunk driving, illegal, and there's consequences. That's compromising the law, right? So excess and drunkenness probably um, isn't what we're talking about here. But the Bible is really clear on that. Right. Paul says, do not be drunk with wine. Plain and simple, right? So drunkenness, very clear. Then he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So drunkenness was a big deal then to the Jews. It's a big deal now. It is. Drunkenness is really clear. Mm -hmm. And then moderation. This kind of idea of can Christians socially drink? Can Christians drink responsibly? We'll tell you right off the bat, that's going to be our question that we will leave you to wrestle with, Mm -hmm. to pray through. And then there's this other component I talked about excess and drunkenness. We Mm -hmm. talked about moderation, kind of this middle ground. And then abstinence, the idea of abstaining from alcohol. And I'll just share a couple thoughts or points. The first, I remember taking um, the Book of Romans, a church history class Mm -hmm. at North Central University, and finding this piece of evidence in church history, where does abstinence from alcohol come from within the church? And as far as this professor could tell, this idea was a famine. And if you study some of the church history, there was famines and there was Christ followers who were drinking beer. There was other poor, that was the wealthy, that was the rich. Mm -hmm. There was poor people who couldn't even afford barley or grain to eat. So there was a church council that got together and that was really where absence of alcohol within the local church came from is similar to this idea of Isaiah 58 fasting. And if you want to read Isaiah 58, I would say jot that text down and and check it out because that Mm -hmm. defines what fasting is. Sometimes giving up our personal rights so that somebody else can have food. Right then God's going to hear our prayers. And that's what Isaiah the prophet is is talking about, this Isaiah 58 fasting that could be applied to today. And I think that a few reasons that people abstain from alcohol, one would be the idea of not wanting a brother or sister to stumble because of our actions, Hmm. right? So what could that look like? There's a lot of people in campus ministry or young adult ministry in this season of life that are tuning into the FYI podcast. Mm -hmm. And by the time of 21 to 30, most people will have had an experience with drunkenness. Most people will know what their tolerance is for alcohol or what they want their relationship to be. But we don't always know as a small group leader right. what I do in excess or in moderation. What I do in, say, moderation, people who follow will do in excess. That's kind of a, a leadership concept. Mm-hmm. So right. a lot of Christ followers, pastors, Christian leaders have taken a decision to abstain from alcohol because you'll even see this with deacons sometimes or boards at churches. You know what? They're going to abstain from alcohol, not because of it's a sin issue, 
but because of a wisdom issue, our representation of Christ, our witness mm -hmm. being the hands and feet of Jesus, we don't want our actions to cause a brother or sister to stumble away from the faith, stumble into a lifestyle of alcoholism or drunkenness. The second reason that I see people take kind of the stance of abstinence from alcohol is really simple, a lifestyle agreement. Mm -hmm. Say you go to North Central University, Bethel University, a lot of Christian colleges or universities. Sometimes you want to be a campus ministry leader or small group leader. They'll have you take a lifestyle agreement. Mm -hmm. I know for Micah and I, we're ordained with and licensed, credentialed through the Assemblies of God as ministers of the gospel. So we've signed a lifestyle agreement saying that we're not going to partake in alcohol. Mm -hmm. It's a lifestyle agreement. And um, I think I outlined kind of why that is, but that kind of answers excess and drunkenness. It's crystal clear that Paul says, do not be drunk with wine. Mm -hmm. Whoever is stumbling because of alcohol is not wise. Moderation is the question that we're going to leave you to wrestle with. Can Christians drink responsibly? And then abstinence, we just kind of want you to have a reason throughout church history. Why mm -hmm. was there a movement of abstinence? And to this day, why do ourselves or other Christian leaders many times abstain? And that's not us projecting our decisions onto you. Right. But that is kind of some historical reasons as well as current contextual reasons. Yeah. Okay, so I just want to end people with a challenge. If you are wrestling with these questions and you're wrestling with the, what is what does it mean to be okay? Like define your definition of okay. Is alcohol okay? Everybody's gonna have a different definition. Do people weigh different? They weigh different amounts, meaning that they can handle different levels of consumption. One drink for one may mm -hmm. bring out, oh, I can't get on a dance floor until I loosen up. Then you have other people who may have grown up with it and they don't know when to quit and they get mm -hmm. aggressive or they get angry or they get depressed. So there's different layers of when we choose alcohol or why, why are we even asking to turn to alcohol if that's okay? And I think many of you listeners could be in a new city, you're on a new campus, you're looking for new friends, you're at a new job and everybody's going to go out to Buffalo Wild Wings. Everybody's going to go out for a burger and a beer. Or everybody's going to go play softball and they're all going to tailgate. Okay, those are great invitations to have. It's just how are you going to participate and what are you going to participate in around that table and around those group of people. Just because they're going out for apps and taps doesn't mean that you need to participate in the second half of that. You could just enjoy some conversation and meet some new people. And to know, like I said, the boundaries of which you set for yourself should be respected by others. And if they're not, maybe that's not the group for you. So so I think that's a social component of you're looking for community, you're looking to socialize with others, and it's the only invitation that you're getting. Well, I would say if you're finding people who are wrestling with the same thing, the same questions, um, and do not want to partake, create your own opportunities and invite those people in on yours. So good. And if you have an unanswered question in this area, I would say take it to the Lord. If you're truly wanting to unpack this for yourself, you need to understand your why, not our why, not the why of your parents or the whatever. You just need to understand what it is for you. And if you line that up with scripture, I think you will uncover things in your own personal heart, your own personal convictions, as well as which are going to affect your personal journey. So, we don't want to leave you with a heavy or on a heavy note, but hey, do your homework. Um, hopefully the Lord speaks to you. Hopefully you come up on a conclusion that is 
you know, wise and not foolish and is encouraging and not um, frustrating. So Mm -hmm. I think that's what I got for them. I love it. The note that we'll close on is the Holy Spirit leads us into truth. Mm -hmm. And so if you are earnestly praying, studying scripture for instructions on daily living, and then maybe meet with the pastor. Hey, how can I honor God Mm -hmm. with my life? Those are the questions to ask. And and I would just say this. Lastly, be a person of your word. Somebody listening, you're going to a Christian college or university. Maybe you're studying for um, the ministry somewhere. And if you've made a lifestyle agreement, Mm-hmm. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. And uh, that way the world will know our witness because right. you are a person of your word and integrity. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to close on that note. If you have follow-up questions or other questions that you'd like us to discuss here, feel free to reach out at www.fyi-podcast.com. See you guys soon.